And you got to keep fighting the feeling, the doom and gloom feeling. The doom and gloom feeling. And you got to keep fighting the feeling. Doom and gloom feeling. Well, here we are. Mikey let me know that the way I start the podcast is too dry, so he wanted me to try an alternative. So uh, we're just jumping right in this time. Mikey's here, and he just ripped ass, you know. <laughs> he just cropped us at the studio. We're in person now. Literally five seconds before we Never started. farted on Zoom, <laughs> ever. So think about that next time before you uh, criticize me and my show openings. I'm going to put you on blast. We're not starting the show like this. Sure we are. Mm-hmm. This is what you requested. You said, oh, like, we need to start, like, more natural, like, the hello and welcome is... is no, 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 no. I, that's not what I meant. Have you ever... Well, you're natural now. <laughs> have you ever... Have you held in a fart this week? Oh, yeah. I've been doing it a lot. Yeah. You've been gassy? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> For some reason, the day the, the way Day was looking at me, I thought he was going to have like a sound bite or like some sort of clip he was going to play about this. But instead, he's just wondering about like no, my I'm gastro. No, I'm precious about the soundboard. Yeah, he's just wondering about my gastrointestinal situation. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> we have new toys. Right before we started, Day promised me he was going to be like discerning and deliberate with the soundboard. Mm -hmm. And already we've broken out the Donald Trump soundbite. Like, um, I'm yeah. breathing out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm doing as much as I can. This podcast just got a lot worse. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. This is episode number 96 of It's Never Sunny in Seattle. As I mentioned, Mikey Ahedo's here. Day is here with us. And we're here to talk about the Seattle Mariners and, you know, flatulence. So oh some, housekeeping, <laughs> some housekeeping items up top. Please join our Discord. You can do so with the link that we will post along with the show. And consider joining the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash never sunny in Seattle. It helps pay for all of our fancy new equipment and for Day to be silly on the soundboard. Day, you know, I thought up top maybe we could throw in some plugs for some aid that is going out to help the people that are affected by the fires in Maui. I know this affects you directly and it affects a lot of people in our area directly, so... I saw you compiled a very helpful document of places that people can donate to where their dollars will most directly help the people impacted. So would you like to plug a few of those? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can find the doc. I tweeted it on my account at Dayshik Jr. I put it in our Discord, I believe, in the Off Topic channel. You can check it out there. I'll keep it short. This is probably one of the worst, if not worse, post-colonial tragedies in Hawaiian history. I mean, Lahaina is pretty much gone right now. There are a lot of conflicting information coming out about what's needed, where the supply is going. But the number one thing locals need right now, at least from the orgs and folks I've been talking to, is funds to help protect land ownership. There are a lot of corporate real estate greed parachuting down into Maui and trying to take advantage of desperate native Hawaiians and local people there who lost everything. You know, I have some friends who have one family I know I'm connected with uh, six kids house completely gone. And so 
So it's a really sad time. I talk about Hawaii a lot. You know, we've had Colton Wong roll through here. Josh, <laughs> I know. Josh Rojas just just came to town. You know, he played university ball there. It sucks and, and, and it's bad. But people from Hawaii, they, they know how to band together and support each other. And so that's been encouraging to see. But it's, a, it's, it's also a time where it probably goes without saying but it's probably not the best time to travel to Maui. And so I was just talking to some folks, some journalists this morning, and just trying to get the message out, you know, just letting people grieve. I mean, the body count's not even close to being done. And so... It's already the deadliest. Yeah, it's already the deadliest, and there's less than 10% of the land that's even been surveyed in terms of damage. And so, yeah, this, this is not going away anytime soon. And, and the fire's still going. You know, they've contained a little under half of it, but it's, it's a problem that's still going on. Maui's no, not unfamiliar with uh, wildfires. It's a, it's, parts of the island are really dry, and as climate change gets worse, we're going to see problems like this more and more. But, I mean, no one, no one ever thought a tragedy of this magnitude could happen, especially on Maui, especially to Lahaina and Kihei, so... Yeah, I will keep you all posted if there's more ways to get involved. But if you can find any mutual aid funds that help support land protection, I think that's the number one priority. Yeah, I think something to point out with all this is that like the the people who are supporting the people who are in need are are like mutual aid funds. And, you know, speaking specifically about Filipinos and obviously Filipinos aren't the only people affected, but. There are lots of Filipinos in Hawaii because of colonialism and imperialism. We have a campaign called State Neglect by Andes. And we have it because the state consulates, you know, we don't have a consulate in in Washington state. And so uh, people, people like Washingtonians, OFWs, overseas Filipino workers, Filipinos in general, when they go to receive support, they have to go to San Francisco. So with this, people have tried to donate money to the Philippine consulate in Hawaii and have basically been laughed at, have, have been denied actually donating the money and, and the consulate has basically said, like, this isn't something that we do. So, yeah, definitely I'll, I'll, I'll post some, some things of my own too because I know a handful of people who have lost their entire livelihoods, family members missing, homes and communities completely destroyed, and we have been calling this a natural disaster, but there's nothing natural about it. This is, uh, these catastrophes are, you know, really, really exacerbated by the exploitation of, you know, ru- the ruling class of all of these countries, uh, the United States, all these imperialist countries. So it doesn't have to be like this. So I don't know. That's why, that's why I organize there's a fundraiser going on at Kauai Family Kitchen on Sunday. I believe it's a brunch. One of the best restaurants in Seattle. I think they were named top 32 Hawaiian restaurants in the country last year. I just saw that. But legit, families from Kauai, they're raising funds for Maui. Check it out if you're in town. Never sunny meetup. Yeah, I'm going to try to go. Yeah. What time? Do you have that? I think it's at 10. I think we can post it all on the podcast banter channel too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's in Georgetown for people who live in Seattle. Um, 
Yeah, it's from 10 to 2. Yeah. 10 to 2. This upcoming Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> excellent. Well, if you would like to participate in the pod meetup and also donate some money to an excellent cause, we will post the information about this fundraiser in the Discord. Yeah, there's nothing I can really say any better than you two eloquently put it other than, you know, if you listen to this pod, if you've ever enjoyed it, please donate very generously to, you know, any of the causes that will funnel that money most directly to the people that need it. Okay, there is no graceful way to transition to baseball after a morbid topic, but I thought that was important for us to talk about. I have Um, an idea. Yeah. Oh, you touched my tra-la-la. <laughs> my ding-ding-dong. Beautiful. Okay, hopefully that got everybody oh. in the mood for some baseball. He um, did it. Day has gone <laughs> mad with power. We needed to transition. <laughs> what better way than my ding-ding-dong? <laughs> Speaking of ding-ding-dongs, this weekend was Felix's Hall of Fame induction. Felix Hernandez inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame. It was a beautiful weekend, despite a couple of very close losses. I just want to shout out George Kirby for being the fucking man in his start. That was one of the better starts that yeah, I've, holy fuck. I, I've seen from a Mariners pitcher in a long time, and it could not have come at a better time. Is it time to knight him the new ace? Interesting. Hold that thought. Hold that That will thought. be relevant later in the show, but... I just wanted to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about Felix. This podcast started after Felix had already retired. And, you know, I just want to give Felix his flowers. I know he's a player that all of us have loved. And maybe we could take this opportunity to share one or two of our favorite Felix Hernandez moments. I'll go ahead and start. There's the perfect game, obviously. I'm going to go ahead and skip that because I assume that's kind of a shared peak moment for all of us. One of the first starts I think about when I think about how much I love Felix was his April 11th, 2007 start against the Red Sox. Yes. Still very young. He had just had his 21st birthday a few days before this start. Early in the season, I remember this so vividly. It's early in the season. It's freezing cold in Boston. And he throws a complete game, one hitter, and just makes a pretty good Boston team look absolutely foolish. I was watching some highlights of the start this morning. The way his pitches move, it looks like he's controlling it with his mind as the pitches cross the plate. Like you watch it leave his hand and you're just like, there's no way that he he did that just like with the way he threw the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to this day, I, I can't think of any pitcher that just looks as great as he does. I remember being young watching Felix and going out and like throwing baseballs and wiffle balls and I tried to throw that curveball and I tried to throw that circle change and obviously I didn't. But, you know, I just I just stood out there and I I wanted to emulate him because I looked up to him. And, you know, he he was a bit of a hero to me because we were still a, a little bit young at this time. So, yeah, that's a that's a great memory that stands out to me. That was against Daisuke, right? Yeah, that was Daisuke Matsuzaka's home debut for the Red Sox as well. So it was yeah. a very oh. hype pitching prospect. It's pronounced Daisuke. Is oh, it? Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> I would have bought it, dude. I was like, literally everyone has been pronouncing it wrong. And, okay. Okay. Felix did that three days past his 21st birthday. Exactly. Wow. One other note I put in the in the rundown, I'm kind of forgetting why I said this, but I put Carlos Peguero wire fraud. Do you guys remember that story? Yes. Oh, Do you? Okay. <laughs> A little bit. It was like Carlos Peguero's wife 
stole from <laughs> Felix's wife, I think. Yeah, yeah. I saw it just like so briefly when I was looking at Felix stuff earlier today. I was like, why is Carlos Peguero's name in this <laughs> Felix article? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So that also happened. Not a highlight, but it happened. Yeah, I guess. So speaking of just the pitch movement really quick, like, you know, we say all the time that a lot of the things that we're doing analytically are just explaining things that pitchers have always been doing. Felix is probably a good example of a, a seam shifted wake guy with his change up in particular. That's that's the, that's the one thing I have to say about that. Okay, beautiful. Day, do you have any thoughts, any significant memories about watching Felix play for the Mariners? When Felix was in his prime, I was watching a lot of baseball, but I was in Hawaii still. I, I believe I was. And I was still following the Giants mostly. I do remember watching that Grand Slam game live. <laughs> Incredible. One of my no. favorite moments as a fan. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was, Wasn't it a first pitch fastball? That was going to be mine. Oh, sorry. It was epic. Okay. It was epic. In in my, God, what is it called? I'm not even going to look it up. But in my, you know, article about Felix from 2020, which was about, you know, really grieving Felix. And like at the time, my grandparents were both getting really old and I was just, you know, beginning to kind of like pre-grieve them, I guess, or like grieve, you know, their, the loss of their ability to dance, the loss of my ability to see them in person at the time. So I'd been thinking a lot about grief. I was in my, my graduate degree and it was the first year that Felix wouldn't be in the clubhouse come opening day. And the third time in 15 years that he wouldn't be the opening day starter. And in that article, I just said, you know, it's really easy to forget all the all-star games, it's easy to forget the Cy Young year and the Cy Young years that, you know, maybe he should have had. But I think it might be the easiest to forget that he hit a fucking grand slam off of Johan Santana. Yes, that's the detail I was forgetting. It was off of Johan. Dude, that's <laughs> in fucking sane. And correct me if I'm wrong, this grand slam happened when Dave Niehaus was still alive and in Dude. the booth as well. So if you go back and watch that clip, you hear Dave Niehaus calling Felix Hernandez grand slam. It's just, it's so incredible. Yeah. And, and, you know, just the joy that he obviously had doing that. And it's like his whole demeanor was like, that's fucking right. It's like he never had a doubt that he would go up there and hit that grand slam, even though he probably hasn't taken it at bat in at least five years at that point. Yeah. It, it was amazing. And it's like the perfect encapsulation of why we all love him. I think since day took mine, I'll go with more of like a, it's not quite one, you know, like one specific memory. And I'm actually going to go with two. And these are probably very popular answers, but one is I just fucking adored just all of his mannerisms. Every time he'd come out of the game, untucking his jersey and just walking around. Like you knew when he was done with the game. He's just, you know, yeah, just walking around, jersey untucked. The the back and forth with Adrian Beltre, just the best. But I think my favorite was, especially against National League teams, that motherfucker waltzing around the clubhouse with a bat. Oh, yeah. Just all that motherfucker loved to hit. Even when we weren't playing National League teams, I remember seeing stories that he was just walking around 
like Babe Ruth with a bat on his shoulder, you know, which I mean, I love it. Like I said, he probably hadn't taken that bat in half a decade at that point, but he was ready. He was ready to be called in. He was going to pinch hit. Yeah, I mean, he played for the American League. How often did he bat? Never. Probably that one time where he hit that grand slam. That's about all I can remember. He probably had 10 at-bats maybe his entire career. I'll look up his bowl, but in the... In the pitch tracking era. It's probably pretty good. But, so. Mikey, I'm glad you bring up that thing about his uniform because I'm going to get greedy and just say one more thing. Nobody wore a Mariner's uniform like Felix. Mm. He had a very distinctive style where you can blur out his face, you can blur out his number, and I would just immediately know it was Felix. He wore the long, baggy pants. He wore the jersey that was probably one size too big, and it was already 90% of the way untucked. So... And, you know, he, he wore his hat, like, just askew, and it was just so specific, and it was, like, a way to express himself within the constraints of a uniform that he has to wear for a job, you know? What and, about Robbie? I mean, to tell you the truth, I can't imagine what Robbie looks like in his uniform. It. We, we got to play the call, the Grand Slam call. Oh, please, if you have it ready, hit it. He's one for eight. He got his base hit down in San Diego. And sends a drive to deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. Get out the rye bread and mustard. Grab all the Mariners first grand slam of the year. Comes from Felix Hernandez. My, oh my. Unbelievable. (laughs) I forgot how high the pitch was. How about that? I mean, you tomahawk it, dude. That's got to be the thrill of a lifetime. yeah, he like that's a pitch that he shouldn't have gone on top of and muscled it out to right field. It was pretty special. I mean, he he for all intents and purposes should not have made contact on anything Johan Santana was throwing that day, and yet he did, and it's such a great memory for us. For the record, forty two at bats, three hits. One of those was a fucking grand slam off of Johan Santana. Just unreal. <laughs> All right, well, the Mariners honored Felix this weekend, and so have we. Hopefully, we'll have another reason to talk about Felix because, I mean, he's just one of my favorite players ever. He's probably my favorite player ever. So, you know, over the course of Felix's Hall of Fame weekend, the Mariners played two very close-fought games against the Orioles, and I think it would be fair in kind of classifying the Mariners' performance in those games as a shit show. And there was a recent quote from Scott Service that we just enjoyed so much that we that we just enjoyed I got excited <laughs> that we just enjoyed so much that we would love to share it. Day, go ahead and hit the quote. We can screw some shit up, but uh, don't give up. And uh, hey, sorry, I killed you, Shannon. Scott Service here saying. We're going to screw some shit up, which, you know, couldn't more appropriately describe the last stretch of games that the Mariners have played. Two losses to the Baltimore Orioles, one loss to uh, the Royals, and a a very close game that was, you know, moments away from being lost to the Royals as well. Mikey, does this Scott Service quote ring true for you? This is such a weird team. I think uh, we're going to talk about it later, but I, I just think, like, I don't, I don't know how much the vibes obviously play a role. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> don't look at me. I'm just pressing my mic. Dave's gesticulating in the corner. He's very distracting. Yeah, I think it's true. I was basically just going to say, you know, like 
the all these player meetings, like do do they matter? Well, you know, whatever. I think th- there's just a lot of ebb and flow given they strike out a lot, they hit a lot of dingers, but maybe there is a a, a player kind of aspect to it. Okay, excellent. We mainly just thought that what was funny. That's why we wanted to play it. But now <laughs> you, you have our thoughts. Okay. Do you have thoughts on the game management of the Munoz game, Mikey? The Munoz game. When was that? I'm trying to remember. That was yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday being it was game Tuesday. Two, game two of the Royals series. Tuesday, August 15th. Yeah. I I, I don't remember if I watched, but uh, someone, someone give me a... I think it was his highest pitch count to date. That's what it was. It was just under 40 pitches. Yeah, what the fuck happened? I, I remember seeing he got pulled at like 40 pitches and like 1.2 innings pitched or something. Yeah, so he he finished up the eighth inning. There was speculation on if Saucedo would go out for the ninth. Mm-hmm. Stuck with Munoz. He ended up loading the bases. I believe... I'm not t- totally sure what happened before the Salvi hit. But we kind of got bailed out. I yeah. think we're up 8-7. Runners on first and third. No, first and second. Witt was on second, and they had a pinch runner on first. Salvador rips the ball, left side of the left fielder. Witt scores pretty easily, but the, their runner on first tried to advance to third, and uh, we backdoored mm. him. And so we got out of the inning 8-8. Uh, eight to eight. But I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure what Scott would have done. If we didn't yeah. get that guy on third out, you know, I think uh, I think too much is made of his his bullpen management. I think it's really hard to to manage a bullpen because I don't know what it looks like to get relayed analytics, you know, kind of information. But it's super. It's it's really easy to to armchair it and uh, not have to deal with it in the moment. And I guarantee you, you know, I, I think I'm well-respected as a pitching analyst, I would do some dumb shit. And I do do some dumb shit in like OOTP, you know? Like I'm always trying to get all the juice, you know, out of my relief pitchers and then lose because of it. Remember when you told me to pick up Rosny Contreras? Shut up. He's been trying to get me to write about him for like a year. (laughs) And now he's not even in the league. (laughs) Well, that's because Mikey didn't write about how he could be fixed and utilized and optimized. So if Mikey would have wrote that article... Ronsney Contreras is sitting somewhere. Listen, Mikey is like he just said, and he's right. He's a well-respected pitching analyst. Okay, if he if he writes about someone and I pretend it's an organic article that I did not recommend, then I send it to my league and say, "Wow, look at my guy. It's Mm -hmm. he's being written about. I'm just using him." Right, right, to boost the trade value. Exactly. And, and then you can immediately ship him off somewhere else to, it's, to have it's him not like even be in the league. Local politics work. You get a stranger <laughs> endorsement, you're probably going to win. Uh, okay, all right. So Day is officially the stranger of. No, this Mikey's podcast. the stranger. Oh, good point. Oh, I got that. And I'm up. Bruce Barrow. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I forgot what we were talking about, but yeah, that's a oh right. Scott Services bullpen management. Okay. One other thing I have to say on this topic before we move on. I think a lot of armchair managers like to look at bullpen management and, you know, think of, oh, this would have been the optimal thing to do in this situation mm-hmm. based on the analytics and whatever, which 
you know, I don't want to now in my slightly older age start falling back into anti-analytics stuff. I'm not mm. saying ignore the analytics, but the, but the manager also has a lot of information that we don't have. Maybe who you think should be in there is fighting an injury that they're not yeah. telling the media yeah. about. Or maybe somebody is like having marital problems that they confided in Scott in and he knows their head isn't in it. You know, there's just like so much. It, this isn't ultimately a game of OOTP or this isn't your game of the show. And these are humans that have like like a lot of conflicting factors beyond just what's happening on the field. So I might get in trouble sharing this story from my oh, brother, no. but <laughs> my brother, as I've probably mentioned before, played baseball at UW, right? And there, while he was there, there was a, in my opinion, I think a lot of analysts' opinion, the greatest Pac-12 closer of all time, Troy Rawlings. I don't know if you remember him, but he he was lights out. And I mean, he was in a, like in top five Pac-12 prospect list with the lights of like Trevor Bauer and like Eric Cole. Mm. Like this dude was good. He was overworked by the head coach of UW at the time. And he was projected to be a first round pick as a closer. And so local kid, he's ready to go. And on the last game, they were warming up. The coach was like, hey, draft days in a week, you're still gonna pitch, too bad. And he's like, oh, my arm is sore today, coach. And he's like, no, you're pitching today. And he's like, okay. And he warms up, feeling tight. He gets into the game. I think they had like a seven-run lead or something. Like there was no reason for him to pitch that day. Snaps his arm, second pitch. It's just dangling. And then he had to suck it up so bad, pretend it wasn't that bad. And the coach tried to lie a little bit on like why he had to pull him and this and that just to like save the 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 draft value but word got out in a couple of days and never pitched ever again what the fuck pretty okay. heartbreaking sure and that's in like a interesting like counter story to what i said right because on the one hand you don't know what the players on the bench are dealing with but also you have another human being in Munoz out here too where he's just getting back from an injury and his livelihood also depends on his throwing arm so if you overwork a pitcher you know in the well and that's why I was thinking about it because do you, do you think Scott is overworking his guys in general no in this instance, unless there's some glaring information that we don't have that he had, it does seem like letting Munoz stay out there and throw a career-high number of pitches was probably... With the velo down, three ticks. Exactly, who, that's a huge... Who, th three? Yes. He was throwing like 96. Wow. I'm going to... I'll look this up, see how far he was getting down to. But I think the two things I was thinking... like, So yeah, one is that like... You know, you read like the book by Tom Tango and and uh, I don't know, it, it, it tries to tell you, you know, what is the optimal decision to make. And I think it's pretty oversimplified because of the things that we're talking about. And like when you look, I guess we're going to get into it, I don't know, now, later. But Munoz and Brash have not been quite right in the past month or so. Brash, you know, probably a little... A little shaky and a little bad luck. Munoz, I think, more so just shaky. It's not like you're just putting Munoz in, you know. You you can't say, I mean, I guess you can say that is Andres Munoz in, but like 
it is a lesser form of him. I don't know if that makes sense. The other thing I was going to say is he has done that to Robbie Ray, the game he got hurt. And then the other thing with Robbie Ray is the fucking walk-off against Jordan Alvarez. I never liked that decision, but... I said it way back when, in terms of matchup, he was the top matchup against Alvarez. So process-wise, it was right analytically. Do without what you will. It didn't work, obviously. Like he had the best odds to get him out? Basically, like he matched up the best against him. He was rated the best out of... Yeah, out of the options. Oh, okay. I yeah. I didn't I didn't like intellectualize it exactly that way, but uh, just from a vibe standpoint, <laughs> I, I didn't even look at the numbers when it happened. But I just right. felt like, it, oh no, this is a bad. I, idea. I guess how, how do the numbers justify a scenario that a, a pitcher has never been in before? I think it's just a matchup make, matrix. Oh, and I see. I, I'm sure it it takes into account a lot of different factors, but. You know, lefty on lefty, the fastball works against him. The slider should work against him. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is one of the best hitters on the planet. And your other option, I think, was actually Eric Swanson, who is and was a really a lefty. He had reverse splits. He was a lefty neutralizer because of his his two pitches. You know, the split he works well against lefties. So I don't, I don't know if we will get into it. Maybe we'll get into more like Hancock later, but may, maybe let's get into the call and questions. Let's do exactly that. For a long time here on this show, we have had a mailbag. You can go to our Discord and post questions to the podcast for us to answer on the show. Our Discord's lit. Our, our Discord is lit. I honestly, you know, we plug it every opportunity we have, but I'm genuinely saying like it's very active. I'm in a lot of fun. Discord groups. Ours is very active. I agree. Really? Yeah, it's this and GameStop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the meme stock. Don't you remember those days? Dude, yeah. they're making a movie out of that. Have you seen the trailers for that? It looks so... <sighs> Isn't... Uh, what's his face? Jonah Dave, Hill. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. What's his name? Netflix, there will right? be There will be blood guy. Because he gets on Paul base. Dano. Paul Dano. Is like the Ooh. protagonist, and Seth Rogen is the antagonist. Paul Bavano. I love Paul Dano. Me too, but the movie looks so weird, and I can already those tell. are pretty fucking good actors. We gotta no, stop talking it, about movies. The cast I don't is. Know I, I know. I'm sorry. The cast is. It stacked. hasn't come out. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking. The cast. The cast is stacked, but uh, I can already tell it's gonna have some weird politics when it comes to like capitalism <laughs> and the stock market. So, anyway, off track. We we now have. A voicemail where you can call in and leave a message for your question yeah, for the yeah. pod. So if you have yeah, a question, yeah. if you have a comment, if you just want to chime in, if you just want to sing the ding ding dong song that Day played earlier, you can do that by calling 267 Mariner from any phone you can find around you. Mm-hmm. That's 267 627 4637 or 267 Mariner. And uh, we will answer your question on the pod. We will play your question live before we answer it, just as we're about to do for one of our first callers. Day, do you have that question lined up? Hey, guys, this is Southern California. I don't know if you all have talked about this before, but I'm watching the game right now, Luis Castillo against the Royals here. And with his velo being down, some people were mentioning Discord. But I've been wondering, how about you guys, 
But does he just he just looks a little worse this year? Like he doesn't feel as good as his numbers have said they were. He had an ERA under three up until that Angels game, and Velo's down tonight. I looked at some of the you know the the stat the stat cast and like expected numbers. Like expected ERA is like. 3.8 or something. I don't know how much weight you get, you guys give to that, but what are your thoughts on La Piedra as of late? Thanks, guys. Podcast. See you. Excellent question. Thank you so much for calling in our listener from Southern California. Our first one. I know. It's thrilling. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's a very good question asking, you know, about... Luis Castillo and is he having a down year in a way that some of the surface level stats and ERA and things like that might not be showing. Mikey, I think you had the chance to dig into this. Do you want to take a stab at this question? Yeah, I, I guess the first thing is I, I, I do and do not put weight into XERA. I think for pitchers, XWOBA can be a little, a little suspect. I think it's more helpful for, for, for hitters XERA is essentially just taking XWOBA and putting it on an ERA scale, and it's saying this is what we expect the ERA to be. I would say that XERA is descriptive-ish and not predictive, meaning it is trying to describe what happened or what should have happened on, on the field and not so much, you know, what is ERA will be looking forward. I think our Southern California listener was astute in, in noting that his, his, his ex will bacon. So his ex will, but on contact is higher. It's actually a career high. And I think, you know, there's a couple things that, that have to go, that go into this one is, is pitch mix. He is throwing a lot, a lot of, of fastballs this year. And, uh, you know, fastballs are, Forcing fastballs and sinkers, and he's throwing more forcing fastballs and fewer sinkers. They're both more likely to get hit hard than a changeup or a slider. He's faded the changeup quite a bit, even though it's it's kind of returned to form ish this year, as opposed to his his riding changeup from last year. So, I think my my answer is it has to do with pitch mix, and I don't know if if y'all remember from. I think about a month and a half ago, I think the pitching coach or Scott Service noted that I think maybe Pete Woodworth, is that his name? What, the feeling coach? Pitch, oh. Pitching coach, maybe? No, hold up. I don't remember. I'm bad with the coaches. Yeah, I'm, I'm not great. Noted something that had to do with his position on the rubber. They shifted him. He's been, you know, he's been better since then. And so I think they identified what wasn't quite right with him. Yeah. But like, to be honest, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of confused kind of just how, how much he's, he struggled this year, particularly he's historically been a guy who does not give up barrels and, and hitter friendly contact. That's because of the, the change up. It's, it's up quite a bit. His barrels for PA are up to 6.8%, which is the league average is 4.7. So He's giving up a lot of hard contact. So I, I think I think I think he's just more likely to do so because of his pitch mix is one. I think uh, I think it's probably location and, and and that rubber position that we were talking about. And uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. Okay, excellent. A very thorough response to that question. So you mentioned that his pitch mix might be contributing to him getting hit more hard. And when I was looking at Luis Castillo and some of his underlying numbers, there were a few things that jumped out that to me help clarify why you might be having this this perception that Luis is having a bit of a down year, even if some of the surface level numbers don't match up with that. So this year he's giving up more home runs, you know, home runs per nine than pretty much ever. There was one mm-hmm. year in 2018 that was slightly higher. He was still young, but a, a very significant uptick in home runs per nine this year. But at the same time, the whip is almost a career low. So, mm. you know, that might also help to clarify why there's a bit of a conflict between what you feel like you're seeing and what some of the numbers are saying, particularly the ERA that he actually has, which is great. You know, he, he still has an excellent ERA for this year, but he's giving up a lot of home runs. Hopefully a significant number of those aren't coming with very many people on base because he has a low whip. But XERA is seeing the amount of home runs he's giving up and saying odds are those won't all come with outrunners on base. So the XERA is a little bit inflated because of the home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the forcing fastball in August in particular, like I'm just looking at XWOBA, which I just said like not to do, but <laughs> it it's bad example getting barreled a lot lately. So. Yeah, I think, I, and if you look at the numbers, like it's the changeup and slider that he's disproportionately giving up home runs on. Like it, it's about two percent of those respective pitches, and like my rule of thumb is like wanting to keep that below one, so about two times as bad as you know you want. Why that is, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because I, I think his. His slider is very, very good, and his changeup has been better this year. So uh, I tend to think it's it's probably location-based. Wow. Just looking at his run values, his changeup has really, really bad run values, which are descriptive, not predictive. All right, should we go to our next question? Yes, we definitely should. All right, let me play it. Okay. Hi, this is Dustin. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I have a simple question. Buck, Mary kill. Scott oh. service. Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander. Thank you. I will take my question off the air. Thank you. Yikes. Was that me- was that Meow Mix? What kind of That really doesn't De- sound like you. It didn't. That's my phone voice though. And to <laughs> to explain it more, okay, not only was that my voice on the phone, but I was also at work. So you're getting my phone work voice. That's like the voice I put on when I'm talking to somebody at work and I have to like try to sound important. I'm like, ooh. And that that's came out of you your mouth. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I chose to say. We're not going to answer that. I feel like we don't need to justify that with a response. That was more of a joke. And a <laughs> who test. are you marrying out of those three? That's the hard question, right? I feel like kill. Okay. To avoid saying anything that might get me in trouble. I feel like the kill is Wait, obvious, what? but okay. the marry is what's hard. And I think I would have to marry scott service okay <laughs> okay I, I, wow that okay. was not what i was but can i tell you what goes into that thing it's I, not i because... know what he's gonna say he's just gonna say he's a family man he's a wholesome 
Kind of, but the opposite, okay? Oh. I don't want to marry Jerry DePoto because I can tell he's married to his work. And oh, Scott no. Service seems a little bit more like he can, like, clock out and, like, take care of his family. Whereas, like, Jerry DePoto, he's literally always on. And I wouldn't want that in a spouse. Like, I want somebody that can, Yeah, like, Jerry present. seems like a, a pager dad. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can tell he's, like... What about Justin? I don't know shit about him. I'm killing him. We can't say that. <laughs> Oops, that was exactly... I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> that was exactly what I was trying to avoid by not answering this question. Okay, do either one of you want to incriminate Thank yourselves? Thank you, Dustin. No. Before we move on. We have no. a couple of other questions just via Discord. Very true. Okay, we're running a little bit slow today, so unfortunately I'm going to skip one of these, but I'll choose this one. Anders, our friend mm. Anders, asks, if the Mariners were not the Mariners, what would you want them to be named instead? So he clarifies that you're not allowed to pick any names that are names of teams that have already existed. So you can't say the Pilots, you can't say the Steelheads. You have to pick a mm. new name for the Mariners that is not the Mariners. I Day. think I have a good one. You go. go. Mikey first. No, no, no. I, I haven't thought of one. I know. Oh, That's why shit. I want you to go. What? I'm trying to win here. Oh, uh, okay. It's so hard. I was trying to think of one on the drive over here, and I literally drew the biggest blank. What are we known for? Okay. Bigfoot? See, that's why I'm going to win here. Day, I can bail you out, and I'll go ahead and start. Go ahead. I'll give you some time to think. Okay. On the drive here, and by the way, I was talking to my partner a few days ago, and I, I said before Andrews even asked this question, if the Mariners weren't always named the Mariners, like if they were a new franchise today and they were unveiled as the Mariners, I would say it's a dumb name. To be honest with you, it's, it's not the best name, and the only reason I'm okay with it is because it's always been that. Hmm. It's... A little weird. It's kind of anyway, uh, think, can you name a mascot that's not dumb though? Yeah, the I dads. The Padres is. Eh, I don't really like the religious connotation, but it, that one's kind of cool. I I think mm. I think there are definitely baseball teams. I like the Marlins. Honestly, I think the Marlins is cool. Uh, yeah, sure. I think the Astros is kind of cool. The Astros is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. So. In thinking about this question, I tried to think about what makes this city special and specifically in a way that isn't obvious because people think about Seattle, it's like rain, coffee, grunge music, whatever. And I wanted to think about what I love about this city that maybe isn't so obvious. And I love the street art in this city. I go to other big cities and maybe it's just where I go in those other big cities, but I look around and I'm like, where is all, you know, where's the graffiti? Where's the tags? Like, where's the street art? I feel like that's something that gives Seattle, like, a lot of color. The fact that that stuff is there. And I love going through the city and, like, recognizing some of the, like, iconic tags and being like, oh, there's that, like, you know, there's that Sunflower one. Or, like, there's, there's these other ones that I see around town all the time. So how about the Seattle tags? It works both ways. Their logo can be, like, street art graffiti style. Tags is, like, you know tagging with graffiti or tagging in baseball works both ways. I like the creativity. Terrible idea. It's the worst <laughs> mascot and name in baseball, I think. After Thank you. the Padres. Thank you. I, Seattle uh, is too white of a city to be named after graffiti. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. That is a little bit appropriating. Okay. Let's hear your say. I'm deciding between two. You gotta, you gotta pick one. 
I think we should lean into the serial killers. Oh. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. The Seattle Bundys? Is Maybe the <laughs> Seattle... Wayne Gacy's? Okay, fine. Forget this. I, I can't think of, like, one <laughs> word. I, I like... I like two, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I think we should bring back long word names. Yeah, okay. Specifically I, I, two I'm words. Tracking. Yes, I like that. Is, is that a thing before? Mountain goats. Ooh. Or mountain lions. We don't. We don't mountain even lion. have mountain goats. <laughs> okay, mountain. It lions. doesn't matter. Mountain lion is cougars. Sick. Yes, Seattle mountain lions. Okay, that's I like that. sick. It's just a cougar. I know, but all right, but no, but mountain. mountain lion. We also don't call them mountain lions. Mountain lions. We call them mountain cooler. lions. We call them cougars here. We call them both. Okay, no. it's a it, whatever. I don't want to bobcat. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't want to get too. I think I'm gonna win it. here. Uh, also, I think. Again, I think it's cre- the most creative here and works on multiple levels. I think it's a, a lower third name. Which one? Mountain Line? No, mine. Oh, yeah. Please. The Seattle Freeze. Oh, I like that. Because actually. of the weather. Wasn't that one of the top names for the hockey team? Shut up. Oh. I don't I don't know if that's true. That's HIPAA. Because of the weather, because of our passive-aggressive, standoffish, socially anxious meanness. So the freeze. Yeah, I think actually, is it just on two levels it works? Are there three? You tell me, man. This wasn't my idea. Okay, I actually got the best name. (laughs) The Seattle Killer Whales. I've thought of that too. The Seattle Orcas? Orcas. No, 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 no. Killer Whales. Okay. (laughs) He's doing it again. We okay. We definitely call them orcas here. Okay, I they, okay. Wait, that's that's the same thing. But come yes, on, you, you can yes. be called the killer whales. Is there like a? Is there? Are we not allowed to say killer whales anymore? Okay, that's what I was going to bring up. Wait, I feel like for the same reason that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were not allowed to be the Devil Rays anymore, we would not allowed to be the killer whales because the idea of killer is like, you know conservative people are going to be like, oh, you the devil rays. They need to bring that shit back. They do sometimes. They bring back the old school logo with like the devil ray on it oh. uh, in the, and like the throwback jerseys. But uh, yeah. Okay. Killer well, whales. Freeze. I love this question. This will be the Spotify poll for the week. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can vote for whose proposal was better. Only Michael is disqualified because he took his idea from a hockey team proposal. So plagiarism, he doesn't count. Oh, we need to look that up. Also, I'm in the middle of feuding with a MLB.com writer for ripping a Matt Brash story from me. Oh, so damn. Go. Wait, do you want to expose? Oh, sure. Theo Shit. DeRosa <laughs> Jesus. just tweeted, timeline, July 27th, I pitch a story about Matt Brash. Thanks, JCAT11, for the idea. Monday afternoon, story draft is done. Monday night, Matt Brash blows a save to the Royals. Last night, story publishes. What are you going to do? And I said, timeline, August 8th. I write a story about Matt Brash's batted ball unluck. August 15th, Theo writes an article that's three quarters about his batted ball luck without citation in typical MLB.com fashion. He DM'd me and was like, I I wish you hadn't blah, 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 insinuating. (laughs) Damn, dude, I cannot believe we're just live litigating Twitter beef. Uh, this guy's a fucking joke. Anyways. Oh, you touched my tra-la-la. Mm, my my ding-ding-dong. All right.
right, that's our ding ding dong of the week. The guy Mikey is arguing with about citation on Twitter. So you guys are arguing on who pitched it first. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast, like about writing it. I have no doubt in my mind that I thought about and talked about writing about it first. I also published it first, you know? So it's like, either way, he's saying that we've talked about this for weeks. I didn't see your story at all before writing or publishing it. You could have Googled before you published it. You had a week to do so. All I want is a citation because attribution matters a lot. Cite him. For for a writer who has, who writes for MLB.com and has 5,000 followers for some reason. Yeah, it matters a lot. Okay, well, Dustin's face is pink. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin, what was the results for the poll for the last podcast? Excellent question. Emerson um, Hancock. Do you, do you have it pulled up right now? <laughs> I do. That's why I asked. Okay, I'm glad you asked. And while we're talking about this, you cut out the section where we talked about half of that. So the poll didn't make much sense to our listeners, <laughs> but I still <laughs> I, hope. I cut it out? Yeah, there was a point where we were looking at Emerson Hancock's Instagram and we talked about how he looks like the actor on The Good Doctor and whatever the other one was. And that <laughs> got cut. So if anybody participated in that poll, they were probably confused. But please, what were the results? Okay, well, people people voted. The question real quick was, what was Emerson Hancock's most iconic acting role? Mm -hmm. The choices. Yeah. The good doctor. Of course. Bates Motel guy. Mm, Bates Motel guy. And Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. And Emerson. I'm going to guess at least 80% of people voted Charlie. Charlie is currently tied for first. Oh, I always vote for these, by the way. <laughs> Mikey is putting his finger on the scale for these polls, which you're not allowed to do in the next one. So Bates Motel was also tied for first. I see. Zero votes for The Good Doctor because nobody watched that show? No, it's 27%. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Oh, it was pretty even. Wow. Interesting. Emerson, you're a good actor. <laughs> also, our listener pointed out August Rush was also Emerson Hancock. Ooh, good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody posted that movie poster in our Discord, and Emerson mm-hmm. Hancock just has kind of like a pointy cheekbone white actor face. You know what I mean? So it's all Emerson. Don't be reverse racist. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, August Rush was one of those movies that I got emotional and I finished, and I was like, was that that good? I don't know. I don't I'm think almost it was certain it wasn't. Yeah. Like Crash. Ooh. <laughs> what? Is that the one I'm thinking to drive? No, no, no. Crash. Drive was good. I'm with, a big Gosling with, with guy. Ryan. Yeah. One of the Ryans. Yeah. One of the Ryans. How dare you? The best current Ryan. <sighs> Mikey, the best current Ryan is Ryer. Fuck. Ryder Ryan. Fuck. Porn star. Ryer. I just, just boshed that transition. Yeah. Does sound like a porn star name, yes. Yeah, it does. Yep. Okay. <laughs> We've been a little bit sloppy on this episode. So <laughs> I think we have one more marriage topic to talk about before we wrap up. I think we should talk about the more exciting thing. Hell yeah. Let's do it. The bats are heating up. 
there have been some very significant contributions to the Mariners offense over the past, what would you say, three weeks? The Mariners offense over the past month ranks number 11th in WRC+, Plus, which is a stark contrast to where they have been in previous months. So, Mikey, let's just rattle through a few of these players and some of their recent performance and talk about how great it is to see some offense from this team. Let's. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, you put these in here, so I'll let you kind of take the reins. You're the host. Oh, you're the host. You're the host. We're all the host. We, we are all on an equal playing field here. Okay. Three co-hosts sharing equal duties and power. Days on his phone. Right. I'm <laughs> reading about the beef. Okay. Mikey's going in. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, okay, Day's on his phone, but you were literally having a full-ass That's Twitter true. beef with somebody while but, I was And talking. I'm now catching up on that because I love the goss. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go retweet Mikey. Okay, I, I uh, liked your tweet. I got your back. I'm, you have to retweet <laughs> it. Anyway, retweet? Okay. Sorry, repost. I'm going to rattle it off. We really have been off the rails. The good. <laughs> The bats are heating up. Julio, this is all in the past month. And this is all, again, just WRC plus. So not folding in Sapcast data or anything. But uh, Julio, 135 WRC plus. JP Crawford, 151 WRC plus. A. Eugenio Suarez, 122. Cal Raleigh, 126. Ty France, 134. I will take a pause there. Any thoughts, fellas? JP Crawford. I mean, he's out for the time being on the seven-day IL, the seven-day concussion IL, and hopefully he's able to come back healthy and in a place where he's able to pick back up where he left off. But JP has been really probably my favorite Mariner this season. What he's been doing this month has helped fuel his season-long WRC+, plus, which is up to you know maybe 130 now. But it, he's really been a bit of an underrated contributor from a league-wide standpoint. I'm not certain he's getting the recognition he deserves from, you know, national writers for having such an incredible season. But, yeah, it, it's been fun to watch JP do his thing at the top of the lineup. Yeah, I agree. We've, we've talked about JP a, a fair amount. Just think it's really cool that... Also, apologies for my voice. <laughs> I was chant-leading. I was not supposed to, but I chant-led at our mobilization earlier today. To, to watch him go from a, a hitter who, when he puts the ball in play, was one of the worst. Like in like last year, it's blue on on Savant, his XO bacon. I don't know what percentage he was, but like legitimately sixty points below league average. Now he's like he's toying with average. The barrels are also like just below league average. So like legitimately. If you think about his barrel rate, his damage rate, his XO bacon, any hard hit metric, he was like dead last. Like D Gordon, D Strange Gordon, you know, Malik Smith type of stuff has increased the bat speed, which I think I think has helped boost his his walk rate. But it is like has the ability to get in, into into some, you know, some pitches now. Has more home run power and is really just starting to lift the ball, hitting into fewer outs past month 385 x woba so you know descriptively predictively or de- predictive ishly you know he he has been very very good and arguably the best hitter on the team this year which is 
insane. It, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you couldn't have predicted that going into the season. And you couldn't have predicted a lot of these improvements, especially at his age. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little bit old to be increasing his bat speed and to be increasing his like hard contact and power. So, I mean, this is just, it's great to see from JP. And he's also just like a great dude by all accounts. So, yes, very happy to see JP turning in this performance. Day, do you have a player on this list that you would like to shout out? Ty France is back, baby. Let's go. Okay, speak on it. How do you feel about Ty? Uh, not much to say, but it's been a little while where Ty would come up in these clutch situations and mm-hmm. the feeling of dread would come. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, he won us the game, at least yesterday. He had a dinger, yeah. Did he hit a dinger? I know he hit the the go ahead. Uh, he flexed with the curtain call. Yeah. Did you see what he did from the dugout? Yeah, he came out and uh, did he did the Dustin flex? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm known for. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good to see him back on track. I mean, he he's not faster, but he is hitting the ball a lot better. I'm curious to see what his hard hit rate is, his barrel rate over the past I don't know, seven mm. games. It's. It's interesting. I mean, again, by like Expo Bacon, like him and JP have been similar hitters this year. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. O- over the course of the whole season. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because until this recent hot stretch that Ty has had where he's increased his WRC plus over 130 for the month, mm-hmm. I've had this perception of Ty when he was slumping that he was just a ground into double play machine. And I bet, I bet he, I bet he's up there. <laughs> Actually, I, I think I saw a stat that like he's leading the AL or something like that. I would that would justify a lot of how I'm feeling because it really it, that's where a lot of that doom and gloom feeling that Dave brought up comes from when I would see him step up to bat. Do we not have that clip on the board? We just have the intro. Damn it! Oh my god! <laughs> Man, you got to keep fighting. Oh, oh my no. god! Okay, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, Ty France, ground into double play like a motherfucker. So it's happy to see that. It it makes me happy to see that changing. Yeah. Yeah. They they need him. They need him to hit if if we're going to do anything. I think he's currently second. In grounded into double play this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Guess who's first? On the team or in in the league? Baseball. Oh, geez. Hey, Oscar. Carlos Correa. Oh, oh man. Yeah, he's been kind of bad this year. Also picking up a little picking it up a little bit more lately, but maybe that explains why the Twins have been so incredibly mid. Maybe this is looking a little bit too far into the future, but as we wrap up, let's kind of look at what the Mariners have upcoming. In these next few series, they're going to finish up this four-game series with the Royals and then take on the Astros and the White Sox in two upcoming road trips. The Mariners right now sit at one game out of the wild card spot. I think right now we're hoping that they can get the sixth seed. And if they do and things stay where they are, the Mariners would play the Twins in the wild card series. Ooh. I love that. It's pretty fun. I mean, we have a better record than the Twins. Is that the only potential playoff team that we feel like favorites going in? The other wild card teams. No. Yeah, that that's pretty much it, actually, yeah. Because that would mean Blue Jays are out. Correct. Yeah. 
Unless the Blue Jays take over the spot of the I mean, I think Astros the Blue Jays probably have a better roster, but it, we've had the Blue Jays number. Yeah, I'd say the Twins are the only playoff likely team right now that we match up pretty I think we could beat against. the Rays. Yeah, we definitely They could. lost me even talk about Kirby being our new ace. Yeah, we didn't. Two minutes on that. Mikey, you agree? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I... I, I think I'd need to look at his numbers right now. I would say I think Castillo is still the guy, but Kirby obviously is very, very good. Man, he has a 311 ERA and a one whip. Who um, are you going game one in a wild card matchup? Probably Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. But if Castillo is 1A, Kirby is 1B, they are very much pulling pretty close together. Yeah. I, I would still give the edge to Castillo a little bit, but... I mean, especially after what I saw from George Kirby in the playoffs last year, you know, that mm-hmm. game that ended up being the clinching game for the Astros. Yeah. He, I mean, he pitched his ass off. And there's something to be said about seeing a pitcher just come up big that in was a high so pressure cool. moment. Yeah. Which, you know, I know clutch isn't quantifiable, but it's something that not everybody can live up to. So, well, we still got six to seven starts per pitcher. So, Okay. Things can change. Okay. Let's go ahead and put some skin in the game here. Which pitcher will Mm. have a better... uh, I'll let Mikey pick the stat, and then we can go around the table and say which pitcher will have a better rest of season in that stat. Mm. You want to do, you know, XFIP, you can do ERA. I was thinking strikeout minus walk percentage as one. Because it is the it it becomes reliable the quickest of anything. Otherwise, I mean, we could go, we could go XERA. Okay, let's do it. I'd, I'd rather do something that's a little bit more cumulative and descriptive. Yeah. Well, it's it's not cumulative. What do you mean? Like well, it encaptures it it encapsulates I kind see, of the I whole see. pitching okay. performance, whereas it's comprehensive. Not just, yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So, XERA. XERA uh, best rest of season, Mikey. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Castillo. I'm gonna go Castillo. Yeah. What are we betting? Oh, we want. You can't pick serious. the same player, so I, you got to go Bryce Miller, Dustin. No, what? We were just going between the two. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, uh, spoiler: my pick is George Kirby. What the fuck, Dustin? Damn, I got ripped off. <laughs> I just got fleeced. You got Emerson. You could have Logan Gilbert. You okay. could have Gilbert, you Emerson. You can have Castillo with me. We can share. If no. I'm picking between the two, I would pick Kirby as well. But just to make this fun, I will pick Logan. Okay. Let's see. Walter. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I he has one. a fighting chance, but... I... Okay. I've had a lot of dumb dreams lately. Jesus. You've had a lot of podcast dreams. It's been bad. I had a work dream. It's awful. I want to know if people would be interested in some form of me releasing Mariner-specific writing content. Because a lot of the time I want to write on topics and they kind of get shot down. I can only write about the Mariner so much. Because Logan has lost the fastball. He's a beat writer. Wow, that's a great time to tell me after we just put 20 bucks on the line to... Oh, uh, did we put 20 bucks on it? No, we didn't, but we can. 20 bucks? Yeah. 
the the loser or the winner gets to choose the the famous person cameo that we choose to purchase. <laughs> okay, I got it. The loser has to buy the other two a food or beverage item at T-Mobile. Ooh. The winner gets, I guess, that. Okay. I like that. Let's do that. Okay. It's settled. We have a deal. Handshake happening in the middle of the table. All right. That was weird. <laughs> sealed, sealed with a handshake. And as is that deal, so is this podcast. Mm. We'll wrap up today. I've been... Dustin Ryan. You can find me at Dustin J. Ryan on my socials. You can find Day at Dayshik Jr. And you can find Mikey at underscore Kuya Mikey. Get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Soon to come to Twitch and YouTube when we stream the podcast live on video. And please consider donating to the show on patreon.com slash never sunny in seattle and make sure you look out for those links that day will send out later for places where you can help support maui relief all right thank you for listening and go mariners